With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands in Monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. As a member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, Shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. What's happening, everybody? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. And on this week's show, we have one of the fastest risers in the fantasy space. Her name is Steffi Smalls. We're going to grab her in just a second. I'll tell you who's a a meteoric riser in my heart. That is my co-host. You know him better as the man of the hour and the man with the power. Jerry Sinclair, what is good? Listen, the holiday of all holidays is nearly upon us. If you are watching this on YouTube, we are two days away. If you are listening in podcast form, this is coming out on Wednesday, which means... Ladies, gentlemen, aliens, children, adults. The NFL draft is tomorrow. Dun, 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 dun. All right, I'm gonna hit you. I'm gonna hit you with a pop. I'm gonna hit you with a pop quiz. Are you ready? Yeah, shoot. F- favorite favorite day of the draft. Favorite day. So you have Thursday, Friday, Saturday. There's only there's only one right answer. <sighs> I I listen. I know the answer is day two, but there's something about day one because it's just the first day. No, no, just, d- d- don't don't mealy mouth it. Don't talk yourself out of it. It's it's day two. It is it's day, day two. two. But, but that's only because of we're degenerates d- 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 that have d- tons of d- dynasty. It's teams because the first round sucks. The first round sucks. Because it's like it's like lining. And I mean, this year's going to be fun. different though because we're going to have a lot of quarterbacks. So it is going to be a little bit different this year. But I hear you. You know, you don't get any running backs until Clyde Edwards is the last pick. I'm, or, I'm hoping for some. Yeah, trades. that sucks. I'm hoping for some trades. Yeah. So some trades would make it all worthwhile to make the draft more fun. But man, the draft complex, the whole NFL journalism around the draft, it sucked the soul out of the first round. I mean, it is literally just. If I never, so we've already had a great conversation with Steffi, a little uh, hashtag, spoiler alert, we're, we're cutting the intro after the interview with Steph. If I never have to talk about this this round one in the NFL draft again, it'll be too soon. But I'll be doing that tomorrow night when I jump on with Dr. Kyle, and we help you get down with some big bets. Had you been listening last week, you would have a couple of tickets in your pocket like I do. You would have Mac Jones at plus 180, and you would have Trey Lance at plus 450, to be the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. We'll jump into that tomorrow. But you know what? If you do us a solid, if you if you just hit pause, if you're not driving a car and or any type of machinery, and go into your podcast player and leave us a five-star review if your player has that function. iTunes, obviously, that's the big dog in the yard. 
it goes a long way. We've been stagnant at 195 for a while. I think we can do it. Let's get to 200. Let's celebrate 200, uh, and that's a milestone for a Dynasty and Fantasy podcast, and you could go and do that for us, and you would be making Jerry and I so happy, and we'll be happy to read them. You know, you, you don't have to say nice things like some other people have. You can even say mean things, or you could leave a trade or a question that you want answered, and we'll answer it. We can answer it here on the air. I can slide in your DMs. Uh, can I get a hey now? And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about whatever, but we're looking for five-star reviews, especially on the Apple podcast platform. Uh, YouTube contest still going on. Looking for new subscribers. If we get to 500 by June 1st, I will host your draft on YouTube, including a recap and so much more. And uh, before we go any further, I want to call out the social media. We're on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Dynasty Warzone on both. And if you need us and you don't do social media, we've met so many of our new patrons via the Gmail. It's Dynasty Warzone at Gmail. You can just shoot me an email. Jerry has access. We'll get back to you as soon as possible. And one last thing on the importance of the YouTube before we introduce Steffi is that that's the backup. If you ever... Good year. What is that, 146, 147 weeks in a row? What a, it's a stupid amount is what it is. We're So, like, the, the, the third Wednesday in June will be our three straight years without missing a Wednesday. If you ever go to listen to this podcast, if you're a loyal uh, listener and subscriber, first of all, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your dynasty and fantasy journey with Jerry and myself. But if for some reason it's never not there on Wednesday, go to YouTube. And double check, because if it's on YouTube, it should be in your podcast player. That might mean that we got like uh, put in podcast jail. It happened to our buddy JD over at the Goat District. They put him in a two-week timeout. They wouldn't let him post for a couple of weeks. Don't know what that's about, but that's the backup importance of YouTube. And uh, we're going to introduce Steffi. So, Jerry, shes I said she's literally one of the fastest risers in this space. And, dude, she's a meteor. She's like just blazing across the sky with her fantasy and her overall football content, especially as it relates to the New York Giants. She's doing fantasy and betting content for the FTN, Fade the Noise Network. She has her own show that's live on Fridays at 4 p.m. with her co-host Dave Kluge, as well as various other projects. You can really find her everywhere. She is going hard with her content. She can find it everywhere. She's also, again, known for her love of the New York Giants. We both love Daniel Jones. She likes offensive line play. Uh, We were talking about this on Sunday. Um, She wants to try to figure out how to give fantasy points for offensive and defensive linemen. Uh, God God bless her. And she's big into White Claws, especially Black Cherry to be specific. You can follow Steffi on Twitter at Steffi Smalls, three L's. She'll tell you why in the body of the show. There are three L's. I literally LOL, Jerry. She literally popped me with the reason why there are three L's. But before we do that, I want to talk about the patron real quick. Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Jerry, they roped you into Patreon number 10, IDP edition. How psyched are you to talk about some IDP with the patrons over at uh, Dynasty Warzone's Patreon? Well, we had a few people that were, to use a randy word, a little trepidatious about joining an IDP league, and I informed them that nobody actually knows anything about IDP and that it is a complete and utter myth. Um, I am going to do what I always do in an IDP league, and I am going to try and stumble my way to victories via the offense and just hope that the defense works out. And I think that made it a little easier on them. Because then if I make a fool of myself, you know, Randy will make fun of me. They will make fun of me in the chat. You'll do it on this show. But if they stumble, it won't be as big of a deal because everyone will be picking on Jerry. So it works out that way. You know, there was a great, a great episode of The Sopranos. And it had a title that reminded me of IDP. Are you ready? Yep. It was called Nobody Knows Anything. And that's how I really feel about IDP. It's kind of like it's kind of like on the offensive side of the ball. You know, you, you really want to focus on linebackers because most IDP leagues are heavy, heavy on tackles. But you know, if you want to know more about the IDP league, just go to Patreon.com/slash Dynasty Warzone, 
and I drop a podcast every single Thursday. Most of those are strategy-based. Sometimes I bring listeners on board the show with me, and we do roster improvement, and we share that amongst the patron group. So there's at least a bonus podcast a week. There is the group chat that literally right now is in fuego, and we're bringing on new members, and there's room for you. I think it's the best value in premium content in the Dynasty and Fantasy space. It's still 5 bucks. If you're a fancy coffee drinker, now Jerry's not. Jerry is um, a grizzled, black pot coffee guy. But if, if you're a Starbucks person, if you could go literally two days a month, two days a month, make sure it's like Friday because you're already in a good mood, but just go two days a month with you know some McDonald's coffee or make that shit at home and save that five bucks and join the Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. You want to make sure you get in before your rookie draft. That way you have me or Jerry or the group to bounce ideas off of. And remember, none of us know as much as all as all of us, and that's what we do at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. All right, Jerry, enough of the promoting, enough talking up Steffi, enough you know pumping her up because she is awesome. Let's go get this woman. Listen, it was a fun show to record, and now we're going to give it to you, and it's a good one, guys. Let's do it. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZRING. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZRING, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZRING, and let's have a big season. All right, and here she is, as promised, it is the world famous world. I saw you were like traveling across the world. It's Steffi Small. Steffi, welcome to the Dynasty Warzone. Guys, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Very pumped. Wrapping up my night here with you guys will be awesome. Claw in hand, on brand for, <laughs> you know for for her. If you're watching live on YouTube or via Twitter, you will see Steffi does, in fact, as Black Cherry. Is that correct? That's the 101 oh, clause? Of course, of course. Yes, we stand brand. It's very important. Well, I, I don't want to get too much into the, the seltzers yet. That's one of my big questions. But we've already done an introduction uh, before we brought you on. But why don't you tell us in your words what's going on with your life? I know you got a lot going on with your own podcast, a Small Talk, as well as everything you're doing at the FTN Fade the Noise Network. Uh, g- give us the rundown what's going on with you. Yeah, I'm so excited. So today is one of those days, you know, sometimes you go into recording and it, does, it goes smoothly and you take one take of each segment and then some days... Uh, there's been a lot of draft coverage and you're a nearly brain dead at this point and you have to do 17 takes of every segment. Today was a 17 take uh, day. So we hope and pray that it went as well as I think it did. Uh, but I did have a really good interview with uh, my friend Debro. Awesome guy to follow on Twitter, but I think it went well. It'll get released tomorrow. I'm very excited. Only up to the third episode there. Have some things in the works for the season. And then other than that, you know, doing my guest appearances, networking as much as I can and just talking football. I'm ready for this draft, though. I'm ready to get like I'm ready to get it going, ready to see how Gettleman can break my heart. uh, And we'll go from there. (laughs) See, she's a woman after my heart as a person who can be utterly utterly disappointed by their franchise i'm a detroit lions fan so steffi i feel that so much deeper than a lot of people can yeah it's a you know and uh i almost was having like these uh i don't know you can't have night terrors in the middle of the day but you know all this eric flowers talk i'm like okay uh then you look at 2015 i'm like things are what if that happens again? What if something happens like that? So, uh, yes, of course, you know, there's some franchises that disappoint uh, their fan base a little bit more than others. Unfortunately, we might be in that group of the others. And uh... <laughs> 
Well, well, let's take these questions out of order then. Now, uh, now we have become fast friends over the last few months, but as Jerry will tell you, I am one of the OG Daniel Jones truthers. I stood by this man in, in every draft in 2018. Uh, I remember getting him in the third round, the late second, early third round of rookie drafts. I remember getting him everywhere, and my love for Daniel Jones has not faltered. Uh, I believe the COVID offseason, I believe the injuries took a toll. I think he's a low-key Konami code quarterback. How are you feeling about Daniel Jones in 2021, as well as his new uh, big play wide receiver one, Kenny Galladay? Yeah, so here's the thing with Daniel Jones, and I'm learning more, you know, about how I got my rise or whatever you want to call it in this industry was from the Giants Twitter streets. That's where I started out. I was battling it out, uh, defending my dude, Daniel Jones. And I think that I've started to simmer down. You know, I don't fight back as much now. I will defend him, but I kind of just keep it quiet. I'm just going to let him do his work. Because for me, there's really no way that this kid goes into next season and just doesn't shut everyone's mouth. Like, he last season was given nothing. You took away Saquon. You gave him the crappiest O-line, I personally think, in the entire – it was horrific, especially before Colombo got – fired and then you know you have what Ingram and Slayton are your two most targeted guys and they can't catch the damn ball I mean we're looking at a total of you're closing in on 50 points there that's the difference between a winning season and a losing season so a lot of you know uh, Twitter loves to get uh, you know instigate this and I think there's this bad taste in the league for the New York Giants but they won six games okay uh, and they were in most of those games. Daniel Jones looked fantastic towards the end of that season. And I think, you know, you give him the guy. And one thing I, I am very ap- apologetic about because of the wording is, um, so Josh Allen got Stefan Diggs. And I, I compared him in a tweet to Daniel Jones getting someone like Kenny Galladay. The talent level is not what I'm talking about. It's uh, talking about giving the guy that's going to uh, highlight their talents and uh, bring them to that next level. You know, Daniel Jones is fantastic on the deep ball. That is where he is a, a you know, phenomenal at third best deep balls in the entire league. Um, so I think that he, there's no reason for this guy not to be phenomenal next season. You know, you bring Saquon back alone and it, you're also elevating guys like, uh, like Ingram, like Shep, like Slayton, these are all guys that do better with a wide receiver one and don't and knock it off. They could take another wide receiver in this draft. It's very easy at 11. You know, Devontae Smith is there. They might take him. Listen, I, 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 let me, let me talk about Daniel Jones a little bit. Here's the thing about this man is he started off looking like absolute dog shit last year. And that's the problem is people are mm-hmm. still living in that narrative. My man threw five interceptions the first four games mm-hmm. and everyone went, damn it, like the, the, the growth is not going to be there. And then for the next 10 games, he only threw another five. The problem is, is the narrative never really turned around on the man. Like I've never loved him like like Randy loves him. I think he's good. I think he's okay. I think he's going to be yeah. your guy. And Kenny Galladay can make plays. That dude can do things. You bring back Saquon. The the dude had crumb bombs and shoe clerks, as we like to say, <laughs> as pass catchers in New York. Bro needed somebody that just had a pulse. He needed something. He needed anything, and he he wasn't getting. He had me out there. Now bless Darius Slayton's heart. I know he was he was a piece of my heart, but you know, I'm not going to be able to tear up NFL corners, and neither were a lot of these guys. Listen, the man has opportunity to grow. I am excited to see it. If there was ever an opportunity for me to go out and get him, right here. Yeah, right you know, you're Jason Garrett, and we have to stop with this like young quarterback cancel culture that we have. All of a sudden, everyone's back on board with Josh Allen because he did fantastic. Like you guys were not talking like that years ago. And when Sam Darnold comes out this next year and he proves you wrong, you're gonna wish you shut your mouth because we don't need to cancel quarterbacks without giving them a system to flourish. The New York Giants offense last year should have been ranked the last in the entire league. It wasn't. It was 31st. Thank you, Jets. But, like, it should <laughs> was horrific. Like, uh, and I hope that Jason Garrett, you know, whatever they see in him, I think it's a not the best idea to keep him around. But, you know, they gave him some extra options this year. Uh, he's got Galladay. He's adding Rudolph. Gives him a, a red zone threat right there. He gets his wit in almost that he can't get over. 
Uh, you have Ross, who you might be able to bring in for zero to two touchdowns a game. And I, I just don't know why Daniel Jones doesn't do well. So if he doesn't, then I'm kind of starting to buy out. But, you know, I'm getting him in the 17th round of start of Dynasty Leagues. Are you guys serious? Like, have you seen his mobility? You're really going to start fading Daniel Jones and you're taking guys that like Jalen Hurts that played four games. Like, give me like, I just can't with that a little bit. Well, and you mentioned the rushing. So last year before he hurt his hamstring in the first 11 games, he had just over 400 yards rushing in 11 games. So he's averaging just a shade under 40 yards rushing a game. He hurts his hammy and then has like 20 over his last over his last four because he's, he's hurt. But, you know, he has the Konami code to a degree. I, I can't get enough of the man, but uh, I, I do have some more questions. Uh, I want to know why White Claws. Now, I'm not a seltzer guy. I'm a wine. I'm a wine or a uh, a bourbon guy. Jerry is like a fancy beer guy. But but why Claws over like Truly, the Bud Light has a seltzer, yeah. Coors, Corona. Why Claws? Is it because they're the OG like you? What's up with the Claws? Yes, I don't. So here's the thing. It's so funny because when I was on, uh, in, when I was in Antigua, in the Caribbean where I was going to medical school, I, it was only wine. You know, wine was cheaper than buying food there. You know, I, I me and my, my roommate, even still now, uh, we'd rather buy wine than, you know, get meat and vegetables because it was too damn expensive down there. So I was always doing wine. It was just wine for a very long time and beer, very cheap beer down there. But then I came back for quarantine and somehow... I, I don't even know when these things started. I got the variety pack, but I always was just going to the black cherry. And then I think, you know, you get stuck in quarantine and you start drinking maybe too many a night. And then they make the 12 pack of it. And you're like, well, this is fantastic. Uh, I think that the other seltzers are quite vile, honestly. <laughs> like I'm being serious. So I can only really drink the black cherry. So I won't gas them too much because I think most of the other flavors are not that great uh they came out with these iced teas that are really good more of like a golf course drink for me a little too sweet but these you know you drink a couple it's five percent they start tasting like water and then it's like i'm like the standard millennial like 30 year old millennial who lives <laughs> in the suburbs so like i have Lacroix in my house and i have some oh, i i I, listen, I'll mess with them. I, I'll say that. I'm more of a raspberry guy. I think the black cherry is a little too medicine for me. Sorry uh, not to take shots. Yeah, but, that's but, okay. So I'm interested. You have to get your hands on the blackberry and then let me know how you feel. Because I felt those were medicine-y. So I feel okay. like I wonder if you, maybe we're onto something here. The way like in people's DNA, you either like cilantro or don't. Maybe it's like a white claw flavor. Are you a cilantro thing. person? We'll just I do a follow-up. I am a cilantro per- person. See, I don't mess with it. I think, oh, I think we found our You got to go, Jerry. Right there. Get out. Interesting. <laughs> this might be groundbreaking. So you have to get your hands on the blackberry. Uh, it's a pretty good pack. I like the strawberry the best out of it. They have a pineapple. Reminds me of uh, uh, Pineapple Sky, which I abused in college. So I was like not getting down with it. Um, Listen, Jesse, your choice of college booze was much classier than mine. So I will give you credit just for that. We're talking about senior year. Okay, <laughs> like, okay. You know, things got a little for locally uh, bringing quarters to the cast. Oh man, man! Four loco, get get that out. I was drinking penny pitchers of like keg beer, headache beer. All right, so uh, I I got one last question for you before we get into this rookie class because uh, we were talking before we hit the record button. We're all kind of over it. We're just we're just uh, chatting. I want to know about the term goosey. I see you throw it around when when you you call them gooseys. I think it's great. Uh, Explain what a goosey is to the people and uh, how you use it on social. I love this. This is so fun. This is like bringing me back. Like I said, I started out very much so on these uh, Giants Twitter streets, as I call them. And the Giants fans are really brutal. Like they are not easy people to deal with. They will just go for the kill. They don't care. Um, so at some point, I saw this really funny quote that was like, if you want to act like a goose, go ahead and get in the pond. So I elevated it to Goosey, and I think it's hilarious. And trust me, Giants fans do not like when you tell them to go get in the pod if they want to act like a goose. So it kind of just got 
got taken a little too far from there. And then, you know, now it's silly. I, I took it to silly goosies instead of if you want to act like a goose, get in the pond. Now we're, now we're silly goosies getting in the pond. But, you know, sometimes I just see the most absurd stuff on Twitter. And it's like, are you really like, you're really saying that right now? Like you're going to be a silly goose. Um, and I think nothing annoys people more than being a little bit condescending in the way that you come back at them. Like a lot of people want me to engage most of the time, but I'm like, it's okay. You're being a silly goose right now. Like, and, and, and then they're more aggravated, but then you mute the conversation. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I, I love it. I, I love it. Um, you know, when I started doing this podcast, what is it? We're almost three years, Jerry, three years yes, in sir. June. Wow. And, and, uh, I started thinking about this, you know, like my dad's no longer here, but if I was like, how would I explain this to my father who's not, you know, who's been gone for like six years and, you know, I argue with strangers on the internet. He would look at me like I was a silly goose. So I, I just, I just tried to stop engaging in, in that form. It's like, you want to talk football? I, I stopped getting mad about what people said right. and, and stopped trying to course correct them because they're going to be on their own path no matter what. And I just start asking myself, why are they saying what they're saying? Can I learn something from it? And if I can, cool. And if not, to your point, we'll mute the conversation and we're going, we're going that way. So if, if you're interacting with Steffi and you're being polite, because I expect you to be polite if you're interacting <laughs> with her, uh, and she calls you goosey, it's a term of endearment. That's how I look at it. But and you also deserve it. I absolutely, absolutely trust me it's better than me taking my claws out and like going at you because like I mean uh at some point in my uh Giants Twitter street days I did get blocked by Lewis Riddick and Mark Colombo you guys are more than welcome to ask them why that happens um so I could do that but I'd rather just say okay goosey it's okay like you're being a goose right now that's totally fine <laughs> Yeah, I, I like it that you're having fun with this and you're not taking it too serious. All right, we, we got to get into some, some more serious football talk. We had some Daniel Jones talk. Speaking of guys named Jones, where are you at with Mac Jones from a rookie perspective and then from uh, like a dynasty perspective? What are your thoughts? Does, uh, does, does it trigger you like it does so many others that the 49ers seem to be taking him at three? And the 49ers, first of all, uh, I still, I think that's a smoke screen. I think the, I do not think that the 49ers are taking Mac Jones. I could not, that might be one of the things I feel the most strongly about other than Kyle Pitts being the most NFL ready in this rookie class. Um, Mac Jones is not a dynamic quarterback in someone that you're going to see like fields. They're two very different players. Um, but I don't, you know, he's not the guy that's going to be moving out of the pocket and doing all these cool things that everyone loves out of these mobile guys. That's not him. But ha has he played at a level that's a little bit more competitive than someone like Wilson? Yeah, absolutely. So is he a little bit more NFL ready? Kind of. Um, will he end up on a team that's going to maybe put him on the bench for a little bit and then let him get coached? Yeah, and I think that might still benefit him. I think a lot of these quarterbacks, you know, you look at the top five that everyone is talking about nonstop, and I think that Mac Jones does have that raw talent to be a good NFL quarterback. Is he going to be a great NFL quarterback? Maybe. Uh, I don't feel confidently about that. I feel more confident in guys like Fields and Lance eventually who has more raw talent, I think, than most of the guys in this class. Um, but I, you know, I think everyone's a little bit hard on Mac Jones because they saw one picture of him with a little bit of a fatter belly because he had a couple beers at the frat party and he was smoking a cigar. And now we all hate Mac Jones, you know? So it's like these narratives that come up are crazy. Uh, but he seems like a guy, you know, his, he had really good pro days. I don't know how much we can really base off of that, but I think you can see in him, he's the, he, he does have a solid football IQ. And I do think that in the right, he's more of, he's one of the guys though. It's the system he ends up in. Cause I could see the system ruining him. Whereas someone else could probably flourish regardless. He is one of those guys that probably does need a better system. I agree. I think Mac Jones needs San Francisco more than San Francisco needs Mac Jones. Correct. If I were going to comp this class and I've done this to the 2018 class, he feels very Josh Rosen-esque to me. Josh Rosen came out of UCLA. He was coached by Chip Kelly, uh, an NFL uh, offensive mind similar to Steve Sarkeesian coming out of Alabama with Mac Jones. I think if Mac Jones lands in the wrong system, he he could very well Josh Rosen. So he, he needs that. I, I think 
you know, Matt Ryan, what was it, his MVP year, the year they lost to the Patriots in the Super Bowl, I, I feel like that is his ceiling, you know, which is a good ceiling. I think he was like mm-hmm. QB three that year on the ceiling, mm-hmm. on the season. But I, it's really going to come down to, to draft capital. Jerry, and anything on Mac Jones? Because I'm uh, not going to beat this uh, this chubby dead horse. As a person who is built like Mac Jones, uh, you would think I would like him more than I do. You know, he's we're we're too similar. But I'm with Steffi. I, you know, I don't. He's okay. I think he gets beat up unjustly from a lot of people, but mm-hmm. I would also much prefer Justin Fields. And I'm with her in saying that I think that is all just a load of dog shit. You're going to tell me that San Francisco traded up to number three and they don't know exactly who they're going to pick, and that's mm-hmm. the guy they're going to pick. Not buying it. Sorry. I'm just not. Yeah, I'm not buying into it. And, you know, I think he does. There's something to his accuracy and his football IQ. And I see that. And I see his ability in the NFL. But, like, I see him very – oh, my God, I hate this. But, like, kind of Alex Smithy a little bit. Like, that's kind of where I see him at. Um, And Alex Smith is a fantastic quarterback. That's awesome. But is he going to be the guy that maybe you want very badly in your dynasty and redraft leagues? I don't. That's you know, I'm like not, a, that I'm not buying. You know, like a, like would you like would you like Alex Smith and Kirk Cousins, or would you like Kyler Murray and Dak Prescott in the oh, Justin right. Fields mold? Right, but you can be a good quarterback and yep. still have a fantastic career in this league. But do I see that great level in him? I think that's his ceiling. I just don't. For me, right now, I need him to prove himself coming from the system he's coming from because we've seen how that goes sometimes. Uh, I just need to see him actually prove that. Yeah, the, the only thing Mac Jones has going for him is that, to your guys' point, he is the most pro-game ready today. And Kyle Shanahan mm-hmm. needs to compete in that division. That's arguably the toughest division in football. The Rams went out and got Stafford. Kyler's going into year three. Mm-hmm. And Russell Wilson's still Russell Wilson. So that, that's the one thing that makes me think it could be Mac. And then I was leaning Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance is is my second favorite quarterback in, in this class. And he's the one that I would love to see go to San Francisco. Heard this stat today. The last two times that Kyle Shanahan had his week one starting quarterback play all 16 games. In the last two seasons that happened, he went to the Super Bowl in those two seasons. So mm-hmm. he needs someone healthy. I would love to see them draft Trey Lance, give him the Patrick Mahomes redshirt year. Keep Jimmy GQ, the ultra handsome Jimmy GQ, as we call him around here, <laughs> and uh, keep keep him around. And but I, I, the more I hear that Jimmy G is going to be gone, the more I think it's going to be Mac. Now I want to go to where to your neck of the woods. Now you're a Giants fan, but let's talk about the Jets and potentially Zach Wilson. How are you feeling about Zach Wilson in this class? Uh, here's the thing with Mr. Zach Wilson. One the trepidation is in the voice. I love to hear oh, it. God, you know, Zach Wilson has bust written all over him from Princess Tierra to his Chipotle order. This dude is like, <laughs> I don't know. He's like asking for it. And I want to like Zach Wilson. I do. I really want to. I want to get on the hype train. I can't get on it. Uh, the potential is there, but this like, I don't like quarterbacks that go into this savior mode. Like he's a panicky guy, you know, like he makes those mistakes that, uh, that will cost you games. And uh, he allow, he, he doesn't have great ball protection in the fact that he allows the ball to get, you know, swatted away. And that I don't love. So Zach Wilson, to me, I don't feel like he is one of the most NFL ready quarterbacks out of this top five. Could Zach Wilson maybe uh, sit on the bench, uh, sit behind a veteran, and uh, definitely have the opportunity to grow for sure? Because he has that – there's a huge velocity at the NFL level for someone like him. But I think that he's going to end up in a system that's not going to give him someone to sit behind. It's not going to give him a coach that's been, uh, you know, in this type of scenario for a very long time. So – I don't love it. Um, you know, he's got all the things you want, the accuracy, the down the field. I get it. He's not coming from a very competitive system. Uh, it's very different. I cannot believe how many people are higher on Wilson than they are on fields. Like that blows my mind. Like it really, really, truly does. Um, so, you know, I wish Zach Wilson the best of luck wherever he ends up. And I'm sure, he, you know, he's got that potential. The ceiling is very high, but you're asking for trouble in someone like Zach Wilson. 
uh, who, you know, he hesitates when he throws the ball. And then, and then when he doesn't do something like that, he wants to be the hero and he gets panicky. And I just, I'm, you know, I'm a little out on Wilson. He's not my favorite. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give it to Jerry before I, I throw in my, uh, my final two cents on Zach Wilson. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sort of with Steffi again. Like I just, Listen, maybe it's because he looks like he's, you know, he's the bad guy in a high school teeny bopper movie who has a pool party at his house with his his doctor and lawyer parents. Maybe that's why. Maybe I'm just I'm upset that he looks just like that. I don't know. BYU doesn't rush a ton. Potentially going to end up as a jet. No, none of that yeah, just that, screams. That's the, that's none the of that screams like. Me. I, I, I'm super excited to have this guy. Maybe, maybe he's a good NFL quarterback. Like he's not my favorite as a prospect, but I'm not a scout. I'm not, I'm not here to pretend that I am. Well, that's why I picked these two guys to talk about because I don't want to spend a lot of time on Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, he's good, and then yeah. Fields and, and Lance because I feel like Fields and Lance are talented enough and athletic enough to overcome the situation they get put in versus Zach Wilson and Mac Jones need to land in the right situation. And if Mac Jones lands in San Francisco, boom, congratulations. I don't think the Jets are the right situation. Small town Utah kid lands in the mean streets of New York City with yeah. the most vicious media in, in the NFL. You're going to go to a defensive-minded head coach. Now, I do like the fact that your offensive coordinator's last name's LaFleur. There's our one check mark, And, and I, I want to use the word, Stephanie used the word uh, savior, that's what he's expected to be. He's expected to be the savior. He's expected to come in and do what Sam Darnold couldn't. And I don't think as a prospect, right. I don't think I don't think he's a better prospect than Sam Darnold. Maybe a better arm, but overall prospect, I don't think he's better than Sam Darnold. And I think this guy's in uh, for a world of hurt. He is my bust. He's my QB five in the class. Uh-huh. Can you imagine a more deja vu version of this? You take out Gase, and this is the same think that the Jets did a couple years ago like this is so crazy to me um so my hope is for the Jets as much as I don't desire I hope that they pull together grab the thinking cap and go let's take fields is it gonna happen no is that a better move though 100% uh Wilson is someone that definitely needs to sit behind uh, a different a veteran QB I think he's almost there he's just not an NFL ready quarterback to me and I just you're going to see him fail and you, we've seen what it does you know you watch rookie QBs fail over and over again and what it does to even their confidence alone like uh it's just not it's a recipe for damn disaster and and, and if this does happen you know they they do take Justin Fields how pissed off am I going to be that I got to draft Justin Fields and he's a damn New York Jet? Oh, God, you That's- have to because it's still players, you know, Mims. Like, oh, I'm all so high on some of these guys over there, too. So. Well, if for some reason, you guys are right, if for some reason the Jets pull a big swerve and take Fields at two, I think that spirals the entire first 15 picks of the draft because I think then the Niners pivot and go Zach Wilson. And if the, the Niners pivot and go Zach Wilson, I think that sends Mac Jones in a state of free fall. And, and here's the thing. I just want to remind us before we pivot to some running back talk. You know, I know a lot of people, it feels like their ego is attached to where Justin Fields gets drafted. You know what? It's actually a good thing if he falls. Because if he falls, he's going to fall to a better organization. You don't want him to be a Jet. The Jets eat up quarterbacks and spit them out. And you wind up with broken toys that I hope get fixed in Carolina like <laughs> Sam Darnold. If, if Justin Fields falls and the New England Patriots, a good organization with a good track record, trade up for him, that's a win. That's a win for him. Just like when, when Lamar Jackson wound up in Baltimore. Is Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson if he doesn't go to a fantastic, well-ran organization like Baltimore? Maybe not. Could you imagine Lamar Jackson the Jet? Sorry, Jerry, or the Lion? Or the Bear? I mean, th- that's bad. So be happy. If you love Justin Fields and he lands in a much better spot. All right, Steffi, going to hit you with a, an either or. Are you a Harris fan or are you an ETN fan pre-draft? And and follow-up question, could the landing spot sway you? Oh, God. So, yeah, and, you know, a lot of this comes down to the landing spot. I think there's very few rookies that I feel very, very, very confident in them being able to go to any system. Uh, between the two, I do lean towards 
ETN, although I do think that Harris has the NFL-ready upside. I like ETN's explosiveness. I think that there's something there, you know, his speed between tackles and there's something about him that has a little bit more oomph to him. I also think that I'm very scarred by the guys that everyone is like so high on because they never end up being what we think they are. Uh, so I've learned to be like, okay, everyone loves Najee Harris. I do not love Najee Harris because I know you guys love Najee Harris. So I'm going to find the guy that's uh, that should be Najee Harris. Um, so I, I think ETN is the one. I think uh, as much as everyone says he's not quite as NFL ready, and I understand that, uh, I think that I oh – God, I kind of regret saying this, but I think it is ETN. I'm going to just stick with my gut, and that's what I think. You think long, you think wrong. What about you, Jerry? Any, any <laughs> final words before the uh, the landing spot? Because the landing spot is going to determine it for me. Now, Travis ETN in that LaFleur via Shanahan offense, and now there's someone I would be excited to be a New York Jet you kidding me? You got to mm-hmm. beat out Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson and Frank Gore. I don't know that Frank Gore is still there, but but the pathway and the scheme fits really nice for ETN. I've also heard that Buffalo is interested in trading ahead of the Jets and ahead of the Steelers to make sure they get ETN. So if, if, if Najee Harris lands in Pittsburgh, I mean, it's going to be landing spot for me today, but by an eyelash. I like ETN as well. What about you, Jerry? I would love to sit here and have some entertaining banter for you so we could go back and forth on running backs, but I'm Travis Etienne all the way. I, if Listen, I'm a little bit of a hipster too, Stephanie, so when a lot of people start loving people, I like to put the middle finger up. And, yes, I do. You know, I just, Jerry, it's not a hipster. It's just a, you're just a contrarian. That's a I, a little bit. But I we get it. You're a millennial. You're totally I, I, I The problem with millennials is we have to tell everybody that we're millennials. You have but, to but. You know, Travis Etienne was my RB2 last year behind Jonathan Taylor. And now that all of those unbelievable running backs are in the league just kicking ass, taking names, mm-hmm. now I'm going to pivot because Najee Harris exploded? No, I, I, I'm not. I still love I still love Travis Etienne. Now, it, it is a little bit spot dependent. I think the Atlanta Falcons is a great spot. I think Pittsburgh Steelers are a great spot mm-hmm. to land. And should Najee land in one of them and Travis Etienne lands up in some bum-ass spot that I don't care about? Yes, I will still take Najee Harris over him. But my problem with him too is I don't like players like he's someone like I don't like a running back that really like he's like just asking for a ton of contact. Like everything that I've seen on his film and stuff, it's like he's almost throwing himself into the tackle. I don't like that. He's lacking just that explosive explosiveness that Etienne does have. So yes, do is Harris maybe a little bit more NFL ready? Fine, whatever you want to say. But I think ETN ultimately at the end of the day will be the stronger player because of those few things, because it's not the NCAA anymore. You know, you got to, there has to be a transition period. And I think ETN is just going to do a better job of that. And I I think people like to go, well, if he didn't have an 80 yard run, then his numbers would be this, this, and this. And I don't give a tinker's fuck about you (laughs) getting rid of his stats like that. Listen, I want a running back that can run 70 yards. I want a guy I'm that's 15, 16 points for my team. And that's what I'm doing. I'm selfishly trying to win fantasy games. I don't care about scouting a player correctly. I want to beat you. I want to take your money and I want to rub it in your face and taste your tears. That's what I want. And Travis Etienne gives me that opportunity. That's why I didn't know he is a millennial. (laughs) (laughs) And, and and the theme, I might change the name of this show to Jerry's a millennial. So, uh, so, so, so write that down. That's the one thing about Jerry. I mean, we've pivoted all, I mean, it's been a long draft season between Harris and, and ETM, but we're more about getting it right than being right. I would much rather tell you to, to, to draft the right guy. We're going to take a quick pause. I'm going to let these two have a quick sip of their beverage. And I am going to tell you about our friends at Viridian Global. That is our apparel provider. And this segment is brought to you by ViridianGlobal.com. And that is the official apparel provider of the Dynasty Warzone merch. We have our t-shirts over there. We have our dad hats. We have our Jerry NWO themed hats. We have hoodies. We have Raglan's baseball season just kicking off. A Raglan is a baseball shirt where the body of the shirt is white and the sleeves are different colors. We've got some, some tank tops. We have our new working harder than an ugly stripper t-shirt and so much more. This is the brainchild of myself. 
and our graphics guru, Maddie, aka at Maddie Big Chest on Twitter. We have a ton of styles, and you want to head over there and check everything out. You simply go to Viridian Global, that is V E R I D I A N Global, ViridianGlobal.com. Search the Dynasty Warzone store, and man, you'll see all the t shirts, hats, accessories, everything that we have available to you from a merch standpoint. They are a great sponsor, and we recommend you check them out today. That is the group over at ViridianGlobal.com. Thanks for checking them out. And that's where Jerry got his sweet hat, so make sure and check out our friends at Viridian Global. Now, I've already got the answer to this next set of questions for you, but uh, I know uh, where I think you're going to go now, Steph, are you a Devonta Smith fan or a Jalen Waddle fan? Who would you be taking first in your rookie drafts between the two Alabama wide receivers? God. Um. So, like, is this if I'm taking them before the draft, it's definitely going to be Smith. I think that Smith is another one of those players. I understand everyone is vi- we can talk about his weight all day long, as much as you want. That's cool. I get it. I got it. Here's my problem with that is uh, Devontae Smith is not your standard Joe Schmo coming into the league, right? Like you want to complain about that uh, on a standard player. That's one thing. This dude's football IQ is unlike one of like anything I've ever seen. I mean, his ability to be intuitive and see a defender about to make a move and get out of the way is is phenomenal. He also has such good body control. And that's something I'm learning more, you know, as I uh, dive deeper into film and uh, try to expand my knowledge on things. It's like body control is huge in this league. So like you can be a guy like Devontae Smith. You have the football IQ. If you have the body control to always get out of the way, to be able to make a one-handed catch, to be able to have a defender coming on you, but then get out of the way is massive. Like that's something that not everyone has. Uh, Devontae Smith also, his BMI is like not that much different than Calvin Ridley's when he, he did his uh, com- combine stuff. And I think that everyone's a little bit more down on him because they want to be down on him. And it's a tale as old as time. This is someone that everyone's starting to fade. You know, I love that because this is, we see it every single year. Remember when everyone said Devontae Smith was too small to do this. And then we put Waddle ahead of him. I think Waddle's just a different player is the thing. Uh, so if it was like the New York Giants, I'm taking Devontae Smith because for me, he's more guaranteed generational in in my head. Uh, and also if, it, if, people, if people think that he can't go to the NFL and they're not going to hire him a nutritionist and get him in the gym, it, like it's seven pounds, not a big deal. Eight pounds, not a big He could gain 10, 12 pounds in muscle. That's what they're, that's why they pay these people. I mean, you know how, how much money everyone makes? Like it's not, it's totally different. Uh, your standard person doesn't even get an MRI if you get an injury on a hamstring. In the NFL, they do that, you know? So it's like the money there is crazy. So I think to fade him because of a BMI concern is out of control. I mean, he won the Heisman. What was that? 15 years it's been? That's not for no reason. <laughs> it's because he is that good of a player. So it's got to be Devontae Smith for me. For, for me, it does come down to landing spot. Because if he wants, sorry, Jerry, again, sorry. If he winds up as a, as a lion, Oh yeah, I'm just screwed a little bit. Yeah, dead man walk. I'm higher on the Lions than most people. Though. I, I'm I a big. We're both Jerry and I are both big Jared Goff fans, but Me I mean, too. it's not it's not the NFL of 1996 anymore. You can't beat the crap out of these wide receivers. Is there going to be an acclimation period? You bet your ass there's going to be an acclimation period because he's he he's played good corners. He's been in the SEC. So I'll be buying the dip on Devonta Smith because what happens? Twitter's a fishbowl, and he'll get off to a bad first three or four games, especially if he lands with a like a veteran wide receiver. Even Justin Jefferson, who I think we all like quite a bit in this group, mm-hmm. that even he got off to a slow start last year. He didn't come out setting the world afire. So there will be a GM in your dynasty league that will give up way too early on Devonta Smith and I will be that fellow GM waiting to scoop him up. Now, I'm Team Waddle today, but mm-hmm. landing spot dependent. I, I love Jalen Waddle. I love Greg Cosell. And Greg Cosell is not a big throwing-out comps guy. But when I hear Greg Cosell, 40 years at NFL Films, say that he sees Tyreek Hill traits in a guy, you've piqued my interest. So 
Yeah. I want I want both of them to land with really, really, really good offensive coordinators that know mm-hmm. how to use these guys. Uh, but, again, very close. I'm a waddle guy. Jerry, what about you? But I'm not anti-Smith. Real quick, before Jerry go, just because I'm pro-waddle does not mean I'm anti-Smith. I can like both. Go ahead, Jerry. waddle. Going before we entered, like – Entering like the end of the season, I was a waddle chick. I will. I was very, very high, you know, tweeting, I'm going to do the waddle all year when he becomes a giant, you know, like, and that's still an, a chance that might happen. But and, since I've uh, continued on and I love, I just love an underdog now. Like the dude is going to literally be drafted after both of them and potentially do better than both of them. So like, to me, I love that. <laughs> all right, Why, Jerry. Devonta Smith, not even close for me. Um, the things that Devonta Smith did on the football field last year are just stupid. Like he, he almost had more yards and touchdowns than Jalen Waddle had his entire three-year career at Alabama. Now, granted he got hurt last year, which is also a little knock that we're not going to talk about. Um, and listen, we, we could talk about his weight all we want. Yada, yada, yada. It, it, it's something, but, but like Stephanie said, the, the money that is in the NFL is absolutely absurd. The, the money that TVs give to these teams is an absolutely infathomable amount to peasants like us. So, yes, my man is going to to be able to get stronger, put on weight, be able to beat corners. Listen, this dude had to face, face Patrick Sertain in practice. We're talking about one of the top two corners, and then the other guy, J.C. Horn, wasn't in the SEC, so he played him too. He has played elite guys. He has played first-round caliber corners his entire career. I'm not worried about the man. And now it 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 is, you know, it draft dependent. You know, it, th- that's just something that we could have with every single prospect that we talk about. But as far as guys that I would just if the Lions went wide receiver and they didn't go Jamar Chase and they had to pick one of these guys and they picked Jalen Waddle over Demonta Smith, I would be so effing pissed. Like I, I, I would just prefer to watch Devonta Smith. I like him better, and particularly, I don't find it that close. I think Jalen Waddle's a good player, and I, you know, it, there's a lot of situations he could come in, and I would be thrilled to draft him in my rookie drafts. But I would almost certainly always take Devonta Smith over him. All right, well, there you go. Uh, two two Smiths and a Waddle, but we like them all the same. All right, last player I'm going to – actually, I'll ask you about two. So what, what are your thoughts on Terrace Marshall Jr.? Uh, it seems to be a foregone conclusion that if he's there, he'll be a Raven. Uh, I've heard he's sliding down draft boards. Now, he's my wide receiver three in the class. Where do you have Marshall? Are you a Marshall fan, high, low on him? Oh, boy, am I going first on this one? I always have to bring it up. Right? You I'll know, give it to I'm- Jerry. Let's, let's yeah, let Jerry go Jerry first. I want to go second. <laughs> okay, I I like Marshall, but I think he's getting that extra bump because of where he went to school. And I think a lot of people are seeing Jamar Chase, and they're seeing Justin Jefferson, and they've seen Odell Beckham. And I think he's sort of getting a little bit of an unjust bump because of it. Now, there's a lot of situations where he is going to go in the draft, which could make him extremely valuable, and I would definitely take him, but... I'm going to be honest. I don't, I don't love it. Um, I think the hype, I think everybody's gotten a little bit too big for their britches with, with this guy, but Randy, what, what's your take on Marshall? You haven't gotten a chance to go. I do like Marshall. Uh, I like the fact that he seems to be like the one big, I mean, he can play all three wide receiver positions in, in my opinion, but he, he's the one guy that's, I don't know, man. Once you get past the Smith, Waddle, and Chase, there's a bunch of dudes of which he fits in the bunch of dudes category. At least he stands out clearly because he's six foot three. The rest of these dudes are six. Do you, do you foot think or shorter, that you think that's like. the biggest thing that makes him stand out in this class? Is sort of that just because he's a bigger guy in a sea speed. of just like Jerry's. Well, let's be honest. Jerry is like a unicorn, and I'm damn lucky to have Jerry as my as my co-host here on the show. But no, I I think he's he's got he's got he's got the tools. You know, kind of like how I like Trey Lance. I'm drafting the traits. I know he's only played like 17 games. With with Terrace Marshall, I'm drafting the traits. I'm drafting the speed. He's a four four guy, Mm -hmm. uh, six foot three, two hundred pounds, good size. 
And again, the only concern is is that there was an SI article, Sports Illustrated article, that uh, some medical issues could push him down a little bit down the draft boards. Here's my dream. Hey, Jerry, you know in a big money startup you and I just did, uh, I drafted Joe Burrow as my QB1 in this class. As a, as a person and a dynasty GM who has a huge, huge investment in, in Joe Burrow, I would love nothing more than for the Bengals to draft Panay Sewell at five overall, let Terrace Marshall fall to them to the top of the second round, draft Marshall in the second round, then you could put Higgins and Marshall on the outside. You could put uh, Tyler Boyd in the slot. Joe Mixon behind a good, bada boom, bada bam. You got a great offense. That's what I want to happen. Uh, I, I like I said, he's, he's size, size, speed specimen in this class. Is he the fastest? No. Is he the tallest? No. But is he the best combination of both? Yes. So for those reasons, I will take him. All right, Steffi, we gave we gave yeah. you the the last shot this time. Yeah. This is like, I agree with you. I couldn't agree more. You know, one thing that you have to look at always with these rookies is who has that athleticism? Who has all the things that are making him a total package? My problem, and I wrote down because, you know, I'm a couple clods deep. It's been a long day. This is like uh, podcast number seven is in all caps, right? Uh, uh, Corners. So my concern is for him is his uh, separation. I think that he is going to, depending on the team he ends up on, he's going to face some quarterbacks that can really cause him uh, uh, a little bit of a struggle in this league. Uh, He, you know, he has great catch radius. He's a fantastic, he's just a a good player overall, but he needs a little time. Uh, I think there's something quite, you know, like for me, his athleticism will take him there, but his football IQ isn't fully there. I think that he needs to perfect his roots a little bit more, you know, like there's a little bit more that needs to be uh, uh, dug through before he's ready to be like a definite wide receiver one. Is that a ceiling? Yeah. But right now he's looking at a wide receiver two, three situation in fantasy. <laughs> I don't, I'm not high in him. I Jerry, don't know. It, I don't, it, he's big. I love I it. Hey, no, we, we want your honest <laughs> feedback. Like, I get it. I get it. He's like, you want him because he's like, you take away the name, right? And someone hands you. It's like, this is how fast he is. This is what he did. Uh, you know, this is his weight, blah, 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 blah. You're like, yeah, that guy rocks. Uh, and then you add everything else to it, and you're like, never mind. <laughs> hey, well, I, there, I think it's go. just, right. it, like, ahead, my man scored a lot of touchdowns. So I'm just going to, let me talk about this a little more. Sure. Like we, we, we played a smaller season because of COVID and my man scored multiple touchdowns in the first couple of games and everybody's nipples got super hard about him and everybody started <laughs> talking about him. And that's, it, it just sort of built on top of that. I mean, we look at his games. Let's, 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 let's take a little path, a little walk down nerd path here and talk numbers for a second. First game, Mississippi state, 122 yards. Okay. I can dig that. 67 yards next game. Then he plays Missouri, 235, three touchdowns. Twitter goes explosive. They go supernova. He follows it up with 88, 28, 57. Like, I I don't know. Like, uh, th- that's just a little too streaky for me, and that's in college. Now I'm going to expect him to go to the NFL, and I'm going to expect him to be a consistent asset that I should take in the first round of my rookie draft? Kiss my ass. No, thank you. <laughs> I'd rather take J- Jalen Dartle, to be honest. Like, I'd rather risk it on a guy like that in, like, the sixth, seventh round of these things than go on someone like this. Like, I see it, and I, again, like, I always understand, you know, it's someone like Zach Wilson. Like, I get where the hype is coming from. Yep. I Agreed. get the hype of this. Like, I totally understand it. But for me, I'm just not fully bought in. But then what happens, you know? He could be, if he's the next Justin Jefferson, cool. Like, I think that's awesome. And I see the potential there. I'm just not, like, it's not something I'm going to, like, be in these, like, $700 leagues and then, like, take Terrence Marshall, you know? So there's a level to it there. (laughs) And there's also, this is the thing with fantasy, you know? And I could get into it all day. It's like, uh, fantasy football has ruined football a little bit in the sense where it's like, he's allowed to be a good football player. He's going to be a good football player in the NFL. 
but maybe he's going to suck for fantasy. You look that at is Josh a Corey Jacobs. Davis comment. That's so exactly what that is. Josh Jacobs. I think about him all the time. He, you know, I feel bad for that guy. He's a great football player, but he's not good for fantasy all the time. So, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, it's obviously a different position, but they get a bad taste in their mouth because they're not good for fantasy football. Whereas, like, for football, yeah, that's a good player. <laughs> That's uh, their well, vanilla ice go. cream. Uh, That's what I like to call them. And, and if we're, we're happy to be wrong. If Harris Marshall sets the world on fire, Steffi and Jerry are happy to be wrong. We're not rooting against him. We're, we're rooting against his rookie draft ADP. I do want to throw a name out there uh, just in case. If you like the big guys, I heard this name. I've not done a ton of research. But you know what? You've heard so much about everything else. This is just a, a casual aside. Look up Austin Watkins out of University of Alabama, Birmingham. Six foot three, 210 pounds. I, I referenced Greg Cosell earlier. Greg was talking about him, another podcast I was listening to. Well, there you go, man. This is a little bit of a dynasty talk with Steffi. Steffi, man, what do you want these people to know before we get out of here? Where are you going to be on draft night? Where can they find you? Um, when's your next podcast or, uh, that, that you're hosting? And all the stuff that we need to know. I have so many things going on. Um, usually you guys can find whatever I'm doing on Twitter. I actually, luckily, you know, I had draft plans for night one. They got a little disrupted by some things that happened, whatever. Uh, so I am going to, I decided last night in my drunken decision with my claws that I am going to do picks 10 through 12 live independently. Uh, you know, we'll get a little NFC East action. I think things could get a little nasty there, a little freaky. I love that. I think it'll be a blast. I might end up uh, rage quitting before we get to 12, but we'll <laughs> see how it goes. Um, I sobbed my eyes out last year. Uh, my brother still brings it up. I, I think he was more so concerned about me more than the Giants at that point. But yeah, you know, I'm all over the place. I'm starting to slow down my guest appearances uh, but I am going to be doing like quick little, hi, what's up? Uh, Giants at this or whatever on as many podcasts as I can, but I actually, I'm excited. I actually don't have anything really planned that much for draft night. I think I have two appearances that night and draft night is one of my favorite. I mean, like I love the draft. I love it so much. I watch every single minute of it from the first day to the last. So I'm very, very excited. Um, my next episode is coming out of small talk. I don't know how much, how many other things I can tell you guys, you know, I'm always doing stuff. So just uh, on Twitter at Stephanie Smalls three L's, you know, I've been loving to uh, add this in lately is the three L's do stand for Tom Brady's three L's. Uh, and that that's where you guys can find me. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely. So I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna give you a little suggestion. So what you got to do? You got to go live from like pick seven through twelve because then you're you're guaranteed to, unless there's a trade back to get Dallas, to get the Giants, and to get Philadelphia. If you can make it through twelve, and word on the street is that the Washington Football Team wants to trade up, and uh, if you do that, I'll make sure to check out your Twitter account. We'll make sure to tag you in the show. Look, been been so awesome hanging out with so you. Awesome. And, and we really appreciate it. If we, uh, you ever need us to stop by and uh, have Jerry curse on your podcast like he does on Please. ours. He I would love that. I am so excited to see what the Lions do, to be honest. I'm very excited. I'm rooting for the Lions. So. I'm, I'm, really, I'm rooting, you're, I'm rooting you're for the Kyle only Pitts. I'm rooting for Kyle Pitts to fall and the Lions why, to take another first round. Because I, I, love, I, love, I love being mean to you because it's, it's a hot <laughs> and, and it's just going to ruin everybody's shares of Kyle Pitts I and love TJ it. Hawkinson. I'm here you're for gonna it. You're going to piss off. Detroit Lions fans and Dynasty players, it's it's horrible. Listen, uh, Steffi, thanks thanks for coming on. He's an Please, asshole. I, mean, I, I appreciate you not being is, one. All right, don't tell anyone, but this is like my favorite podcast today. <laughs> well, we, we we're glad you had a good time. We're gonna we're gonna get out of here. Make sure you stick around to end. Listen to a message from Matt from over at Hate Brand Goods. Use promo code Memphis at checkout to save a couple of bucks. That's promo code Memphis. But on behalf of Steffi, Jerry, and myself, remember, here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back here. I'll be back here tomorrow night with Dr. Kyle talking betting on the draft. Thanks for tuning in, guys. It's Hate Brand Goods. That's uh, my company. 
That is what we've started. I hope you guys have checked it out. If you want to go over to the hate.com hate for me means it's about self-improvement. It's this self-motivation through self-loathing this, this bit of loathing of not tolerating your own bullshit, that little voice that says today's good enough or what we did's fine, or no one's going to know that I'm taking today off. Like, fuck all that, man. I know like I hold that standard. I'm accountable to me. And that's it. That's why I chase goals. I do it because of me. I don't do it because of what someone else is going to think of it or what someone else's approval is. And it's about holding yourself to that. The rest of that motivation can fade, but as long as you're in control of being able to make you do the shit you want to do, you're golden, man. So head over to the hate.com, use code and save yourself some cash. Hey guys, Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty Warzone uh, team, downloaded the Dynasty Warzone podcast. It took one day, joined the Patreon, reached out to Memphis about a situation with one of my rosters. And the kind of feedback I got was, hey, Nick, why don't you give me a call? Uh, We went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when I thought I was going to be in rebuild mode this year. And that's just part of what comes with the Patreon. Uh, just tr- uh, trade talks, just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football. Uh, whether it's 10 o'clock at night or 3 o'clock in the morning, there's always going to be fantasy football talk, whether it's redraft, whether it's dynasty. I joined a couple leagues with the Patreon members, and it's the same thing. Even in, even while we're drafting, we're still shooting ideas at each other. And if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, pause the podcast now join the patreon and join uh join a great fantasy football group but more like a fantasy football family